0: This is the 12:30 TWC business Beat radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat radio.
1: Hello 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 and it's Jackie Groundsell here 12:30 TWC business Beat. I have got two super guests for you today. Joe Bianti from Coffee Clatch and Fiona Catchpole, who is from the Menopause Directory, Menopause, um, sorry Fiona has uh, been on and joined us before, but it will be the first time for Joe. So I hope you're all going to give her a nice warm welcome in your home. The other thing that's new today is that I'm trying out taking the call, the Zoom call through on my iPad. So we will see what happens there. Anyway, Apart from playing Girls on Fire, we also had Happy Birthday. Yesterday was my three-year-old grandson's birthday, so happy birthday to you. We had a great time yesterday. And it's also another grandson's birthday. As of yesterday, it was Andrew. So that's Lewis and Andrew. Happy birthday yesterday. Today is my friend Mari's birthday. So that was for her as well, if she's listening in. So what have you all been up to? Have you been busy? Have you managed to take a break? Let's just give you a little bit of news that we've got coming up with 12.30 The Women's Company. Those of you who are regular listeners will know that the show is on weekly, apart from bank holidays of course, um, every Monday two till four. Following on from me is Ozzy Osbourne with his own Indie Rock. So do please stay tuned after me for that. And we've also got our um, Bromley meeting this week as well. But 12.30, the actual networking side of the business, is about networking and supporting businesswomen. So if you're a businesswoman or you know a businesswoman, do get them to listen in. Check up on the website. You'll find us on all the Ws, 1230.co.uk. And if you look under calendar, you'll see all the radio slots as well as the events that we've got and meetings that we've got coming up. Uh, one of the events, which is uh, um, our regular Seaside Day, Cat Webb, who is our Birchington uh, Thanet host, has invited us all to her wonderful B&B, which is in Birchington. It's an art deco, 1940s, with each room has its own particular theme. So we'll be going there on the 14th of August, so I hope you've got pen and paper ready. So 14th of August is the date for our seaside, and subject to the weather, we will afterwards be going for a leisurely stroll round the glorious Minnis Bay, so do please put that in your diaries. We've got, as I mentioned on Wednesday, the Bromley meeting coming up, and Helen Manchip of the Social Surgery as the name of her business implies she's all about social social media so she will be sharing some really hot tips on how you can make the best of your time on social media and i believe she's also going to have an exercise for us all so do bring pens and papers with you as well as your laptops if you're feeling kind or an ipad that's uh, the other thing i'm trying out today is my ipad instead of the zoom's coming in on my phone um, you won't be able to take advantage of it but I will be able to see my guests a little bit better on the iPad assuming that it all works okay if it doesn't we'll soon find out Um, so I hope that you are all well and your businesses are going well if you haven't got a 1230 the women's company group near you why don't you think about setting that up yourself there's no cost to you as um, as a host, the only cost is actually that you need to be a member initially. And then after six months, if your group is running well, then your membership is free. And of course, anything that's uh, happening with 1230, members are always given greater consideration as in financially as well as obviously having a profile on the website and all sorts of other pluses in there. The meetings themselves everybody gets an opportunity to uh, introduce themselves in a one minute slot and of course that doesn't mean to say that you have to take up a complete minute sometimes you can get your time uh, get your message over and what it is you actually offer um, in in a, in a shorter time um, and that's absolutely fine so um, we have occasional sp- guest speakers, as I mentioned, Helen, just now. We had Jem the other day talking to us about different strategies. And Jem's going to be talking to the Thanet group very shortly. I'm just waiting on confirmation of a date from her. So, apart from the occasional speakers, we, obviously there's a diff- delicious lunch involved because we're lunchtime meetings and then also um, there are workshops which are free for people coming to the meetings beforehand and also one member a month gets the opportunity to do what we call a take 10. That's um, a 10 minute slot. Now we're not into heavy sales. We're about building relationships and everybody supporting each other. Um, For example, My background's IT training and I had a first aid course some, oh I don't know, it might be in about five years ago, um, with a company, First Aid for You, um, First Aid for Business I believe they are, beg your pardon, and I was at my clients last week, my IT training clients last week, and they were talking about the fact that they needed some first aid courses. So I said, think i've got someone that i can connect you with would you like me to do that and they said yes now that is five years ago i know that's a long time um that's an extreme example of how networking can actually be a slow burn um but it, when you go networking unless somebody is actually send selling a product on the day you're not going to be making a, a, a sale it is about nurturing that relationship getting to know everybody, attending regularly so that you're in a position to say, well, actually, I've not used that particular service, but they come to our networking on a regular basis. She seems very pleasant um, and seems to be extremely professional. Would you like me to make that connection for you? And then it's down to the individual whether they say yes, they'd like that connection or not. Um, And then what I do is uh, to um, do an email connection with both of them in the two field on the email, and then they get on with it. They talk to the, talk to each other. <laughs> um, so something's popped up on the screen. I'm just going to have a look. Oh, it's a reminder for an update. Okay. So later on, uh, we might be able to squeeze in the winner of the Eurovision contest. Um, I played earlier the Ukraine winner from last year. That's because we like everybody to remember our sisters in Ukraine and their families and friends and not only in Ukraine but there are an awful lot of troubles around the world at the moment so please know that we are all thinking of you and um, wish you well so that's why we play that particular one from last year um, as the Ukraine winner so what else can I be telling you now um, the meeting on Wednesday is at the Barrel and Horn in Bromley it's a pub and they've got lots of lovely space in there as well as a really nice food so actually it's turning out to be quite nice today i thought it was going to rain got to be english and talk about the weather haven't we uh, <laughs> What did you do over the weekend? Uh, as I mentioned, it was my little grandson's birthday yesterday, and we had a super party with a bouncy castle and a little track running round. Um, and to remind you also about uh, that, sort of puts me in puts me in mind of another event that I'm involved with, which is a local Beckenham one. Because we're based, twelve thirty, the women's company is based in Beckenham, but we have groups around london and the southeast and of course we're global as is this radio station which i'm broadcasting to you from love to beat radio based here in penchai street that's l-o-v-e-d-a-b-e-a-t radio and you'll find that with all the w's on the internet as well so do have a look because this is a 24 hour internet radio station and all our presenters are tuned in at different times to bring you lots of different varieties of genre of music and interest as i mentioned aussie is coming on at four o'clock after me with his indie rock But the event that I mentioned just now that I'm involved with for Beckenham is it involves Beckenham Friends, Copescope Area Residents Association and we did this event last year Ziggy's Family Fun Day and just in case you don't know Ziggy Stardust David Bowie. So it's in his memory very apart from being a, um, a musician very gifted artist and so there's a lot of Things there for the children so it is very much a family fun day it's on Beckenham Green it will be there this year on the 1st of July 10 o'clock to 5 and there'll be lots of singing acts some from schools the schools are very much in the area of, in, within the borough and around are very much involved and Um, If you've got any school choirs that you think might be interested, do please get in touch with me and we can see what we can do about getting you into the schedule. So that's on Beckenham Green. So now I'm just going to play you another little bit of music. Actually, I'm going to try my jingles again. Let's have a go, see if it works. No, doesn't want to know. Don't know what's happened there. They've obviously gone on strike like so many others. <laughs> um, okay, so. I just wanted to uh, remind you where you can find us. We're on www.1230t.com um one two three zero dot co uk and the meetings and events you'll find under calendar these radio shows for us are all recorded and you'll find the recordings under podcasts on our website so um, if you miss anything if you come in late or if you've come into late to the radio show or there was something where you thought well oh, that was really interesting I'll, I'll listen to that again do check it out on the podcast so this show will be available to you next friday that's not this week this is the following friday under the podcasts let's just touch on the opportunity that you get when you come to twelve thirty meetings and that is to introduce yourself to people who are there. And as I mentioned before, you, you can get your message over and let people know what it is you offer within the one minute that you're actually given. And you know, sometimes when you're at different events, people say to you, what do you do? Well, actually, that opportunity to introduce yourself is not about what you do. It's about how why people should come to you it's about what you offer and how you can help them because it's reciprocated so for example as i mentioned earlier my um my background is it training and i um if i stood up and said i'm an it trainer then people would just probably glaze over, but if I said to them, "Look, give me a couple of minutes, and I can show you some things that will save you a huge amount of time," then they might be a bit more interested in that. Similarly, with with um, let's say an accountant, if somebody stood up and said, "I am an accountant." Again, you might close over, you might grab that opportunity with both hands, particularly if we come into the end of March, um, as we have done just recently, and you need some help with your accounts. But if that accountant actually says, give me a couple of minutes and I can help you to save some money... Um, and of course it's so important current particularly well it's always important with business to be able to save money but particularly at the moment we are exceptionally cost cost, cost conscious um so it's about what you can offer uh, rather than actually what you do so when you're at a networking event why don't you say to somebody tell me about you tell me about your business rather than what do you do it's a bit it's a bit a hat isn't it but if you said to somebody that you know, tell me, tell me about you, tell me how long have you been in business, are you just starting out? Even get the conversation going with, how did you get here today? Did you come on the bus? Did you come on the train? I know it's a bit boring, but it gets that conversation started. And then you can actually, when you are um, having the opportunity to stand up and do your own one minute, you can, um in, introduce yourself properly and expand on that for ex- another example might be somebody who is a travel consultant now our su- our suggestions for the one minute is that you start off with saying your name and your company name excuse me a minute i have just got a cough You start off with your name and your company name, and then you finish with your name and your company name, and hold up your card and your or your flyer, so that afterwards you and, and anybody else um, can actually connect you with what you've been saying. They can, um, and when you obviously pass around your cards and flyers, you can write details on there as well. So. With a travel consultant I gave you that particular uh, example because sometimes yes it's a good idea to give your name and your company name at the beginning and at the end um, and the bits in the middle are things that vary are appropriate to you at the time appropriate to your audience it may be important that they know you only operate on the internet that you don't actually have you know and, and that you've got an online shop. So all those sorts of things are important, but don't try and ram everything in there. But as I mentioned, name at the beginning, name at the end. But sometimes, and I use a travel uh, counselor or a travel consultant as an example, because sometimes you could sort of say, does any say something like, anybody here had a disastrous holiday? and invariably there will be somebody. Now you don't have to strike up a conversation with them at that point, but you can say, great, let's have a chat later on, my name's da-da-da-da, and then you carry on with what you'd intended to say in your offering. So that's just um, how we manage our one minutes at 12.30. If they are all timed, and at 50 seconds you get a little ding maybe on a glass or on a table to give you an idea that you've got 10 seconds left and that's when you can uh, start to wind down and um, make sure that you get all the information that you actually need in there. Sometimes I run events where they are for speed networking and the speed networking is 30 seconds. Now I can hear you draw breath. 30 seconds, now you'd be surprised how much that focuses, that amount of time actually focuses you on the um, what information you actually want to share. You don't need a set of encyclopedias rabbited off and given to people as information about you or your business. But in 30 seconds, it's about focusing on that a key information that you want somebody to know about you. And it doesn't mean that you ram your one minute in that 30 seconds either. <laughs> <laughs> because with a 30 second speed networking event, it's, it's, it's fast. As the 30 seconds implies. And it's also very noisy, but it's great fun and it's very productive. It's not something that 1230 does on a regular basis, it's for events. They're extremely good icebreakers. So if you've got a company and you've got an event coming up, do give me a shout. I'd love to do a speed networking event for you. And I'm focusing on the moment at a global speed networking event for Global Entrepreneurship Week. So do pencil in that week because um, much as I'm aiming for a particular date you know what it's like with particular dates they don't always work out do they 12:30
0: TWC Business Beat Radio Mondays 2 till 4pm UK time. Tips, inspiration, fun tunes for and from business women on all the socials. www.1230.co.uk at Love to Beat Radio. I am delighted
1: now to tell you that I have got my two super guests ready and waiting here. They've been chatting to each other while you've been off going to the loo, having a coffee or whatever. And uh, so welcome Joe Bianti and welcome to Fiona Catchpole. Are you there?
0: We are, yes. Hello. (laughs)
1: <laughs> fantastic we always get there in the end don't we um, I'm going to uh, ask Jo to introduce herself first of all because Joe, you've not been on this exciting radio show before have you so please do welcome and please do introduce yourself
2: Hi <coughs> thanks for having me um, today yeah um, I'm a GDPR and data protection specialist based in West London but I work all over the country and I help small businesses and micro businesses to um, get the compliance embedded in their business um, with straightforward English advice um, and trying to make it as easy and or to lessen the complexity, let's put it that way.
1: Okay, well, thank you. I'm going to find out a bit more about that in in a moment from you. But I saw on Facebook today a photograph that you put up of two young men. Are they your sons?
2: Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes, yes. I have um, have 15-year-old twin boys. Right. um, And the photo you saw was um, them doing their confirmation first photo I've been allowed to take in a considerable amount of time. Um, interesting that, you know, I've got one picture of them smiling. Um, that's even more of a challenge. And um, I was given express permission to be allowed to share this photo so that Grandad and other members of the family who are not local could see their picture. Um, but yeah, normally absolutely no photos.
1: Um, <laughs> I love it. It's really good. Because I just saw I just saw the photograph and there was no text or anything with it and I can understand now why there is uh, why that why that happened. So um, so was that yesterday their confirmation?
2: Um, the, the confirmation was on Friday evening, uh, early evening and then we did a, a special mass with the, the wider community. There was 60-something children, because there was a catch-up sort of post-Covid, you know, when lots of other cohorts weren't able to go and there were stragglers. So there was about 60 children. So we did it on Friday evening and then, yeah, just joined in the Mass and gave them a big cheer on Sunday morning. So Brilliant. That was very lovely.
1: Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Oh, no, that's great. So you've definitely got your work cut out there. I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. mm-hmm. <laughs> so so tell us tell us a bit more now i know um some of our listeners will know that you're a fairly new um person to join the big gang of coffee catch with the lovable annabel annabel k so tell us what you did before that actually took place um and how you've so, actually got involved with them
2: so my background is Um, project management and I'd worked in a whole range of different places Um, really excitingly I got to work at Jaguar cars for a while I worked at TV travel I've worked at transport for London medical research all on different projects doing different things and then I had to win boys Um, I had ongoing issues with childcare and then all of a sudden no childcare, so I was working as a BA, started implementing GDPR for myself. Um, I was familiar with data protection from my days as a project manager and totally understood GDPR very, very quickly. So built up to a position where I then did further in-depth training, did a, a privacy law GDPR law qualification, a pro- project management privacy qualification and a data protection officer qualification and um, I'd been working alongside Annabelle as a referral partner and you know regularly kind of communicating with her about GDPR and you know, oh Annabelle what do you think about? and what do you think about that and then um yeah we we started talking about how we could work closer together and then merged our businesses so um yeah that merger took place earlier this year and we're rocking and rolling as they say and you know getting on with it now
1: yeah no great i think it's a, it sounds like a great combination of you t- of you two um now not everybody completely understands the need for registering their businesses, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it tends to be more if you don't have to register than generally everybody has to register, with one or two exceptions. Would would you think that's right? Say
2: that again, Jackie.
1: a bit. Do do would you say that? Um, The majority of businesses should register for the data protection act and we'll expand on that or get you to expand on that in a moment um the majority of businesses do have to register with a few who may not need to register rather than the other way around
2: there may be occasional businesses that don't have to register but Mm. the reality is that as a business owner you are collecting you are storing, you are managing data um, on your prospects, your customers, maybe your employees or your associates. So, you know, you're going to be marketing, marketing requires personal data, uh, specifically email marketing, or if you're using anything like um, Facebook Pixel or Google Analytics, but you're tracking, you have to be compliant around those things so it, it's very rare that a business doesn't have any data in it you know that that, that they need to become a, a registered data controller yeah so yeah. um
3: and when yeah. you say can i just button double check so when <laughs> you say <registration, laughs> please do that is the this is fiona IP catchpole we here this is me busting in, this is Fiona
1: busting in. <laughs> no, no, it's important people know who you, who's there.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah it, so it, that's it, the ICO. What, remind me, what does the ICO stand for it's again? The, the Information
2: Commissioner's of, um, Office. And they are the overseer. They sort of interpret GDPR regulation. They've got a huge website, a lot of information on there for people. Um, But as a data controller, you do register with them to let them know
3: that you're doing that. Yeah, and I was expecting like a certificate or a label or something. I don't remember them sending me anything. Should I have had something that I can put on my website that says I'm ICO registered? Or am I supposed to have something to say that I am?
2: They will email email you with a registration number. Yes. And... um, I can't remember now if, gosh, mine's a little while ago now, whether you get a PDF that says that, or whether it's just a, an email
3: with the. But you can. It's a good idea to put it on your website, though, because I've only just thought of that. Yeah, I think you it's a can brilliant idea, actually. A registration number on your website,
2: but you should definitely put it on your privacy notice, um, and you should definitely have it on your cookie notice. But so it isn't mandatory to have it on the.
1: So, so Joe, I, I mean, I, am sure you, you come across this, and Fiona, even with people that you're talking to as well. So many business people that I speak to have never heard of it. Don't know they need to, and I think. What Fiona is suggesting, that you have like a little certificate, uh, you have like a little logo that says you are, um, rather than just text in your privacy agreement, uh, in your privacy document, um, is absolutely a brilliant idea because it gets that word out there even more.
2: Yeah. I mean, you can put the registration number, and, you know, I've had conversations with small business owners, and if you're a limited company, it's a legal obligation. You to put your registered company number on your website right so there's nothing stopping you with next to that saying registered with the ico and then whatever your registration number is mm-hmm. next to it but it isn't mandatory for you to di- display that
1: no and but i, I think I have it should a, be actually I
2: have to caveat myself here as at today on this particular day, which is 15th of May, it's not mandatory. Whether that <laughs> yeah. changes, it, you know, if, if this is played in the future as a replay, um, who knows how things might change. But yeah. definitely as of today, it's not mandatory.
1: Yeah, play. cool. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a really, really good idea. Maybe we ought to get a bit of a conversation going on with Facebook or something like that to encourage them a bit more, to give us something official, if you like, in that sense.
3: I think so. Hmm.
2: Yeah. It would be quite nice to have a little, even if it's a little circle or a badge. Yeah. Exactly.
3: Or yeah. You know, like quality a copyright mark. Yeah. Like, but you can also put like, you know, like a TM trademark or copyright, if there was something, even just something like that, that you could put on your footer of your website as well. I but. guess,
2: I guess the other, the, the other side of that is that, you know, if you, if you put something like an accreditation mark um there's questions then over whether people are you know it with the greatest of respect it's easy for me to just go onto the ico website and register and get Mm -hmm. the number because that's what i'm supposed to do whether i've done the rest of the, the, the embedding gdpr into my business processes and i can see an argument where they wouldn't want to accredit you just because you filled in a website form mm. because people might interpret that as I've done everything and I'm operating in a compliant way and just the registration doesn't necessarily mean that you are operating in a compliant way.
1: Okay, so what's so a tick list, jo?
2: Of the tick list, Joe?
1: Yeah, right? what's what's the tick list of compliance then?
3: Yeah, what's the definition of operating?
2: GDPR introduced something called privacy by design, right, and and simplistically what that is, is that at every step of your business you consider the privacy of the data that you're um, caring for, and it is caring and respecting, so when you collect my data, Are you only collecting the data you need for that particular task? Um, How are you protecting the data that you're collecting from me? Who are you sharing that data with? Have you checked that they're going to protect the data to the same standard that you do? Um, You know, do you understand what my rights are um, as an individual if you're collecting my data? Um, How are you going to inform me of my rights? How are you going to help me exercise my rights? Um, With regard to my data, because this is the thing. And and it's not just from a business. As an individual, we have rights to the data we generate online um, and offline. This is not just about websites. It's about filling in paper forms. It's about filling in the registration card at your hotel when you go away, or um, your GP you fill out a form, or the chemist. Mm -hmm. And as individuals, we all have these rights regarding our data. And I'd really love it for us as individuals to understand what our rights are, because as individuals, we can drive the change in businesses to... You know ensure that businesses are protecting our data um, Mm. and caring for them so the key things are only collect the data that you need to use for the job or the operation or the element of your business that you are undertaking make sure that it is kept so securely whether that's a piece of paper in a locked filing cabinet or whether it is Know, secured on your laptop with things like antivirus, malware protection, that kind of stuff. Don't share it randomly. Know who else is going to see that. Now it could be employees, it could be associates, it could be a web developer, it could be any of those legitimate people. Um, you know, and make sure you're only keeping it for the amount of time that you need to. comply with um, the law, to do the job that you need to do. So those are I guess the fundamentals really. It could get more complicated obviously, but if you think about those things you won't go far wrong.
1: Now Joe, you mentioned GDPR quite quite heavily in that. What does that stand for?
2: Uh, it's the general data protection regulation and in the UK you may well hear it referred to as the Data Protection Act 2018 um, and that is because at that, when we accepted GDPR which is a European regulation we will, were still a member of the EU, we helped to write this regulation and then we embedded it into our UK law, which is how it became the Data Protection Act
1: 2018. Brilliant. Um, no, I think that's really, really helpful for people to have the information that you've given us. And I know um, that, given that, as we touched on earlier, you, you, that you are now um, coffee clat. Where can people find you? And I know, not just you, but also I know there's an extensive amount of data detail on the Coffee Clats website. So if you could please tell our listeners how they can actually find you and what sort of information and where they can find the information about all the things that you've just described are. So
2: they can connect with me on LinkedIn. I've got a profile on there. It's Joe Brianti. They can message me through um, the Coffee Clutch website, um, and I believe, gosh, isn't this shocking, I've I've merged the business, and I'm struggling to remember the email address. I think it's info at coffeeclutch.co.uk is the best way to sort of send an inquiry through.
1: Can I can I just add in there that Coffee Clatch is, is with K's. K-O-D-F Double E K L A T C H.
2: Yeah, there's there's two emails. It's either info at Coffee Clatch or Support at Coffee Clatch. Either of those two would be a way to email me or you can connect with me on LinkedIn and send me a, a direct message there and I'll get
1: back to you. Oh, that's brilliant. I think also you've got... Haven't you got something rather exciting coming up in September that people um, may well be interested to know about?
2: It's very
1: exciting coming up in September. <laughs> <laughs> it says here on my bit of paper... It says we've got a new programme starting in September with the early bird... <laughs> until July yes we have I'm so
2: sorry I'm, just, I'm I was, the way you said it I thought oh am I having a holiday or something I was trying to remember.
1: no chance no holidays when you have your business so
2: we are Coffee Catcher launching a um, supported program in September and there's a combination of online videos, um, sample documents, this kind of thing. Plus you get support and guidance in a group environment with me um, for 12 weeks and you'll have access to all the other materials sort of um, for 12 months, but you'll have 12 weeks of input from me. And we are running an early bird offer and if you book and sign up for that before the end of July, um, it'll be five hundred pounds in, instead of the, the seven hundred and fifty pounds it will be in, um, in September. Yeah, brilliant. So that's all very exciting. We're we you know beavering away, putting together the, the existing materials and and putting this into a a program format so that um, people get the maximum amount of benefit from it and and from having the you know, the advice and guidance and the Q&A sessions with me, um, which supports all the online materials and the training materials and the, the samples and all of those kinds of things. So, yeah. Excellent. Very exciting.
1: Okay, well, that's good. You've written that down now, Joe, so you know you're not going on holiday in September. <laughs> no, I'm
2: definitely not going on holiday in September. No, I don't know why I thought that, because... My like kids go back to school, and you know you can't go back to school. You can't go on holiday in September, can
1: you? Well, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. Yes. Well, th- thank you so much for that. Um, I think you. I think Joe, you need a, a bit of a break. I'd love you to stay and chat with us and uh, Fiona as well, because I think the, the topic could well be of interest, and some questions are going to come out between you. Are you able to stay with us for a bit longer? Yes. Excellent. Yes, I am, yeah.
0: 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio. Mondays 2 till 4 p.m. UK time. Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes. For and from businesswomen. On all the socials www.1230.co.uk at Love to Beat Radio. Before we go
1: over to Fiona, I'd just um, like Jo to expand on what she was saying about the course because we had a quick natter while you were dashing off, putting the kettle on, making the coffee and everything. We were chatting and um, sorting things. So, Jo, could you just expand a little about the um, course itself that that you were uh, describing that's going to be live in September and you're not going on holiday? Um, And, uh, yeah, if you would, please. So...
2: And that is um, a combination of training videos, um, documents, samples. um, And then alongside of that, you get um, 12 weeks input from me. So it's run as a group. And everybody will turn up and ask questions like, I don't know how this works in my business, or um, I watched that video and I didn't understand X. What does it mean? What does it mean for my business? So you'll have access to all of the materials for 12 months, but you'll have 12 weeks and the sessions will be between 60 and 90 minutes a week and there'll be plenty of um, support opportunities during that time for you to, you know, say, I've written this, does this sound right? Um, And I can really help you in those 12 weeks to get everything embedded into your business. Does that help, Jackie?
1: Yeah, no, that's super. And just to remind everybody that this show is being recorded, so if you didn't have time to grab everything that Joe was explaining about the course, about GDPR, etc., etc., and about her role, don't forget that you can listen to it next Friday on the website, which is all the W's, 1230.co.uk, and look for podcasts. You'll find that on there. Thank you so much, Joe, for that. Please do stay there, because I'm sure there's going to be some interesting things that... Uh, you and Fiona can discuss between you, and I'd like now to introduce Fiona Catchpole, please.
3: Good afternoon, Jackie.
1: Hello. Yeah, so please, Fiona, I know our regular listeners will have um, heard you before, but please, would you introduce yourself, and um, then we can go from there. And you can yeah. tell us more.
3: Sure. I'm losing you a little bit, but I had introduced myself. I don't need to be told twice to do that.
0: <laughs> um, my name
3: is Fiona I'm the creator and founder of the Menopause School, um, which is home of the Menopause Daily Training course. and We teach health entrepreneurs and wellness professionals how to create confident and supportive conversations around menstrual and menopause health.
1: Excellent. So, and, and is that all online at the moment, Fiona? How does that work?
3: It is online, um, pre recorded and virtually with online coaching and um, masterclasses, very similar to Joe's structure. So, that it's some of course that in, actually, in our case, actually, that you can start whenever you want um, complete it. It's not a race you can go at your own pace, but we do support you with any. Um, learning styles that you, you prefer that are going to help you um, qualify and then uh, you do some case studies and we make sure that you really understand um, our methodology, put it that way, because we do things slightly differently. Um, we think it's really important that people in the wellness industry understand that menopause is not an isolated component of physiology of a female, that it's actually integrated into our DNA and we need to be aware of our menstrual health um, as much as our menopause health because the story of menopause starts with the story of menstruation. So we join the dots between periods perimenopause and beyond and we make sure that the people that are working with um, menstruators on their physical and mental health are able to Confidently support them if the need arises, and if there um, are any questions that the individuals may have, that they have the ability to then side post them or guide, nurture, and support them in, in the right direction um, using a whole person approach with evidence based uh, knowledge. Oh, so, and the police can join in any time as well. We <laughs> have the police in the background. Yeah, Is I'm, I'm sorry here? about that,
1: girls. <laughs> It's um, it was a bit warm in here today, so I opened the window, and uh, yeah, we're we're right on the main high street. And um, thank you for that, Fiona. While, while we're talking about the main high street, don't forget I'm broadcasting here from Love to Beat Radio. That's L-O-V-E, D-A-B-E-A-T radio station based here in Penge, right on the high street, as you heard. Um, <laughs> and my show is weekly, barring bank holidays. School holidays are not, no exception. <laughs> so I'll be here in September, but I won't be here at the end of May on the bank holiday there. So every Monday, 2 till 4. Now, if you've got shout outs, any, any events or anything that you think is important, do please let me know. You'll find the contact details on the website. But it's my initial J and then my surname, ground cell at 123.com. Uh, co.uk, and you'll find all my contact details on social you'll find me on all the socials anyway so if you've got a shout out i am delighted in the main to be able to help on that if you've got your birthday or anybody else's birthday do please let me know that as well because as, as those of you that were listening earlier will have known we sing happy birthday to you so um fiona i was reading something well, i must have been very very briefly, but it was um, prompted me to ask: What well, is the significance of the gender health gap?
3: Oh, goodness. Well, there was a report out last year and from the Women's uh, Health Strategy by the government looking at how we can um, improve education and health for the 50% of the population that the healthcare system is not designed for. And um, as a result of um, each year, um, there's a global gender report. And currently, the UK sits at uh, number 22 globally, but is actually has the largest gender health gap of all countries in the G20, um, which is pretty shameful, as stated by the British Medical Association on their website. So what they have laid out as a, some, a, some kind of like a 10-point plan and one of the key points is education which is where the menopause school fit in really we, we aim to contribute towards closing this gender health gap by educating those that like i said work with uh, menstruators on their physical and mental health we think are best place to be the people speak to um, surveys that have been done show that in the majority of cases um, women do not feel confident or even comfortable speaking with their GP or nurse about um, menstrual and menopause health they'd actually prefer to speak to a holistic practitioner or um, somebody else that they know like and trust that they've already built a rapport with so that's where we are aiming to um, change things um, the way things are going at the moment I think the statistics say that it'll take 139 years to close the gender oh, uh, my gap goodness. So, um, I don't want it to take that long, really. So no. I'd like to create... My, my vision is to create a global collective of menopause dealers who can guide, nurture, and support people along their hormone highway from periods to no periods and beyond. And um, education is, is the key to it. Um, and we can do it in um, small ways, just having general conversations. They can join anyone at uh, the menopause support group that we have. But if you're a wellness professional, we really do think that asking your clients, how are your periods, is a really helpful question, <laughs> because menstrual health is like the fifth vital sign. And if you're working with somebody on, um, you know, perhaps uh, perhaps it's a business skill, perhaps you're, you're help trying to help somebody with their productivity. So maybe you're a life coach or a business coach, but you're finding that your client is um, all excited one minute, got loads of energy, and then they'll go away and They can't actually quite complete certain tasks or they might seem a tad forgetful or they talk about being slightly tired mm-hmm. um, one of the things that you can could do is actually ask them how is their menstrual health because if you can help them with their menstrual health as well you can actually help them with all components of their, of their health and that will actually help their business as well so Absolutely. we know that our hormones affect Uh, the probability of your behavior and if your hormones are a little bit discombobulated due to what we call ovarian aging um, then you can do certain things to help um, build a menopause toolkit for example and if you're that person having that conversation it's a really good idea to bring it up because um, they maybe hadn't even thought about it themselves because it's something that we haven't actually been taught which was one of my big light bulb moments I realized that One of the reasons we don't talk about menopause is because we don't talk about menstruation and we don't talk about menstruation because no one's taught us how to. So if the opportunity arises to support somebody with their menstrual health, I think it's a good opportunity to take it. But we can teach you how to create that confident conversation if you're a wellness uh, professional working uh, with people who menstruate.
1: The thing is that it doesn't actually just affect the person that it's happening to, does it? It, it, it
3: doesn't affect what, Sorry, I can't you?
1: It doesn't affect just the person that is going through the menopause. It impacts on family and friends and everybody. It, oh
2: no. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackie was saying it doesn't only affect women.
3: No. Um mm-hmm. we we prefer to use the word menstruator actually (laughs) so although there's the women's health strategy we talk about women's health care it affects the individual and the people around them as well so we talk about menstruators and co-menstruators when we're talking about the science we use words like male and female but when we're doing an educational talk and it's a mixed audience we like to use the word menstruator and co-menstruator because then it helps the co-menstruators feel involved they um but it's an interesting term any any two words that pique people's interest and get them to think about things differently, um, I think is a good thing. We're not trying to rewrite um, or remove women from the conversation, but if you're trying to get people to listen to something and understand the relevance and meaningful context to them, then I'll, those are the words that we have decided to use. And they work really well because it's different and we all know what we're talking about. And we also know that in today's society when we're talking about um, how people identify that not every woman menstruates and not every menstruator is a woman. And if we use inclusive terminology from the beginning, uh, it makes it a lot easier for all kinds of women to be feel included in the conversation because currently the narrative is very much and from my own experience of speaking with different women is the assumption is that um, primarily they are white people who have experienced menopause are white, women who are married with children. And yeah, <laughs> uh, I spoke with a lovely lady at the event that we did uh, to do Ramadan and menopause and she said when she was a young Muslim girl in the Bangladeshi community here in Birmingham, she thought it was only white women at her period. <gasps> no.
1: Yeah. My goodness!
3: Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't until, you know, she got closer to that point herself and uh, then realised her mum actually had periods. She was very confused and discombobulated because that wasn't the narrative. It's not the visual back then, kind of like 20, 30 years ago that we were seeing. Whereas now you start to see women of colour included in the uh, conversations with adverts and and things like that. But also there was um, other ladies that I've spoken to who thought, um, uh, one lady in particular, she, who described herself as fat, she said, I thought um, my symptoms were just because I was fat. And because I could hear you guys just talking about having children and then not having children, she said, I've never had children and don't want to have children. So I just thought the conversation was about reproduction and because I haven't reproduced, I didn't think it included me. My so there's all sorts of different ways that some of the terminology doesn't feel yeah, inclusive to people and then when you add up all the different people you realise there's actually more of those um, than there are about the, the mainstream narrative so that was one of the other decisions that I took to make sure that we're much more inclusive and then it's it's actually, because being here, I'm really privileged at the moment to be in the NatWest Hub in Birmingham, um, working in the Entrepreneurs Accelerator Programme, and I get to meet a lots of different people. And I now don't actually say the word women or, as such, when I start the conversation, if, if it comes up. So somebody brought cake in the other day, and they said, oh, help yourself to cake. And I, oh, do you know what? It's not particularly menopause-friendly. <laughs> and then they went, no, really? And then I start straight away with saying the word you know it's not really great for a menstruator I said you know like you're going through your menstrual cycle and this that and the other you know and at no point have I said the word "women." and before you know it the table is filled with mixed variety of people who are happy to listen to the conversation both male and female whereas if I had said and made the conversation very female centric it might not have opened the dialogue in quite the same way yeah that is very interesting
1: isn't it just I've just written down here jargon busters um, and I was just wondering, I'm just thinking, actually, I don't know whether you've got it, but Fiona and Joe, do you have a list of jargon busters on your website?
3: On the website? It's a good idea, though. Thank no you. Uh, but I will. I'll send my
1: invoice later.
3: Yeah, OK. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but I think it's just staggering what you've said. Um, uh, you know, and, and, and yes, you'd have to still encourage people to read the website if you had that list on there. Um, yeah, but it might help some.
3: A yeah. Funny enough, actually, Jackie, you should say that because I've, I've recorded five videos yesterday that I'm releasing daily this week because, um, as you know, on Saturday, I'm at the Postcard
1: yes.
3: for Woo event live in <coughs> the Angel Islington Business Design Centre. Say that again, and please. I'm at the Postcards for Midlife event at the Business Design Centre in London. And jargon is one of the things... That bugs me with um, talking about menopause because it gets very um, misrepresented and there's a lot of misdirection so the video today where I talk about you know what is menopause because menopause is used as an umbrella term and people kind of get it mixed up and so uh, menstruators that are maybe in early perimenopause then think they're not menopausing because they've heard this what people think is a new word perimenopause it's actually been around for decades. Um, not my decades, though.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Fiona. I say it wasn't in my decade. I didn't know of it.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, we're not talking centuries. I said decades. Thanks.
1: It's a good job I love you. <laughs>
3: uh, um, well, actually, it was um, first in, uh, in 2001, it was actually um, put on a... There's a, something called the... Sexual reproductive aging workshop that was carried out in 2001, and this is the first kind of the word perimenopause had been used before, but globally they decided that that was going to be the um, menstrual health timeline, if you like, or what was called reproductive aging. Um, right. But I have been referring to to try and get people to understand this timeline, and um, I've been talking about it in terms of ovarian aging. And you might have, um, you know, what I said just now about, you know, the moment that the X chromosomes unite is essentially when um, it's determined whether you're going to be a menopauser or not, <laughs> and whether you're going to be a menstruator or not. So at that point, your ovaries are designed; they're pre-programmed with the blueprint. Um, they. They, they come alive, as it were, at puberty and start releasing eggs on a, on a regular basis and start this ovarian activity that we call an infradian rhythm, also known as your menstrual cycle. And from that point, we also know that the ovarian activity has to stop, and it, it's, it's designed that way. It's a very strange design. There are only four species on the entire planet that this applies to. Um, three species of whale and humans. Who have mm. this system where we stop our reproductive activity long before death? Um, but in today's um, modern lifestyle, and for those of us that, you know, in our 50s that have lived this kind of lifestyle, we're experiencing what I call a modern menopause because we've had so much, um, a variety of endogenous hormone disruptors with the contraceptive pill, for example and a lot of exogenous hormone disruptors with things like perfumes um, or the chemicals that are in products that we use so for all sorts of reasons as well like our stress and the lifestyle and the foods that we eat are contributing to quite a lot of health challenges Mm. for menstruators that reach this point of what we call accelerated ovarian aging around about the age of 40.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that two, uh, two things I've just sort of scribbled down here um, is, first of all, in a second, you mentioned doula, but what actually is that? And Jo, you said in a very interesting tone to me, that's very interesting. Does that mean you've got a question for Fiona? doesn't mean to <laughs> say that you have to have a question, but do you have any questions?
2: No, I mean, I, I just... I'm very interested in the, ter- the terminology, it's not terminology I would use, probably because I'm not aware of it, I've never heard of these, you know, and um, maybe it's my um, ignorance, uh, you know, I've always thought of it being a female women uh, irrespective of colour, creed, or, or whatever, and and for you to describe that in a different way is quite early opening I think. Cool. You know,
3: I think like I like I like that it is because then it's it's like the made you think, and you might have a different perspective when you're using the words, but also that you know um, I found particularly in the world of business that that kind of straight almost like straight talking this is what we're talking about without having to go around the fluff although i did go around the fluff just to make it clear what i was talking about -hmm. um yeah i found co-menstrators really get on board with it as well and um uh one of the talks i did um we've done like just 20 minutes of talking and then there was a moment with the q a and the the male lead came on and said wow um well, so I'm a co menstruator and I and I'm like, oh, he used the word and described himself like that, and it was really cool. Really cool. Yeah. But, yeah, but the dynamics between, um, yeah, like I mean, yeah, women, but the different kinds of women and, and how different women have different experiences. But if we're trying to educate on menstrual health, um, it's much easier to keep it kind of more biological and neutral. Um, there isn't, I mean we do have times. so we did an event for Ramadan where um, the women in the room were all from the Muslim community here, particularly in Birmingham, was the Bangladeshi um, community. And um, how religion impacts their menstrual health experience um, was astonishing to me. Um, and again, they didn't feel part of the general conversation on menstrual health and menopause because they didn't think it necessarily really applied to them because their experience of it is so different and when you add a spiritual religious element as well um, and the disruption that you get with perimenopause there's a sudden there are some symptoms that occur very early on with the ovarian aging that are very psychological and kind of give you an element of disconnection from yourself. And if spirituality and praying is a part of who you are, and that disconnection with yourself creates a disconnection with your God, that has a profound effect on your experience as a menstruator as well. And so they were finding, they thought they were being bad Muslims because they suddenly had this reason for not being able to pray and that they didn't know it was because of their hormones, Gosh. so we were able to enlighten them in ways and it was really interesting to hear them then talking, whereas in, in a group of white women, if I'm being you know, honest, one of the things that comes up most is things about crushing fatigue, um, trying to manage the children and trying to manage their partners, whereas for the Muslim women, their priority was about managing their prayer. Isn't that interesting? And to hear other Muslim women saying, oh gosh, yes, I thought, I, you know, I was experiencing that as well. There's such a relief to them in the same way that when we have conversations with other groups of women, they all have their own different little little things. And with other women of color as well, there's a, there's a matriarchy. We talk about a patriarchy being overseeing us, but there's a matriarchy in other, um communities where you don't make a fuss you don't say anything Mm. and (laughs) therefore their elders their elder females had never mentioned menopause to them and then again you've got the younger generation who then still knew nothing about it as well so yeah it's a mixed
1: bag of it's really interesting isn't it joe i think you were going to say something there
2: to say that you know it's interesting how culturally women treat their menstrual cycle and that the whole process um you know um i remember many many years ago I, i was in my early 20s and i was living in the midlands and um I walked home every single day with um, this young um, Hindu girl and occasionally we would have a drink a cup of tea or, or whatever and then one day she said to me she said I can't invite you in today and I said okay no problem at all she said it's just you know I'm having my period and I can't go in the kitchen while I'm having mm. my period she said, "So I wouldn't be able to make you a cup of tea, and I, I couldn't possibly ask anybody in the house to make you a cup of tea." Mm-hmm. And I remember at the time feeling absolutely staggered by this. Um, you know, and over a period of time, we got to know each other, and I asked her questions and tried to understand you know that the thinking behind this but it was a real for me eye-opening mm. cultural difference in terms of how something so natural so you know physical so normal i suppose it is treated mm-hmm. so differently so i was really interested by that and listening to you sort of talking about the discussions you're having and the different cultural responses to these processes that we all go through, or, or, well, certainly a significant portion of the population will go through at some point yeah. um, physically. Um, I find really fascinating.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, themenopoleschool.com, and you can find us on all the social media channels under The Menopole School.
1: Excellent. Thank you. And. Um, Joe, if you'd like to <laughs> go ahead and, and get your contact details, please.
2: So you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Joe Brianti and the website is coffeeclatch.co.uk, which is K-O-F-F-E-E-K-L-A-T-C-H.co.uk.
1: Brilliant. Thank you. And I'd like to thank my super guest today. It's been a fascinating conversation with both of you. So I'd love you to, I know, um, Fiona, you'll be coming back as part of our hot stuff menopause gang um, in the future. And Joe, we'd love you to come back at some point as well. So thank you so much. And thank you also to our listeners. And just to let you know that next week, we've got Denny Gaskill, who is based in Cowden and she's got some fascinating stories to tell us how she set up the coronation celebration in her village as well as other interesting things I'm sure and uh, one of our regular uh, speakers Sonia Brown MBE. So thank you all very much.
0: This is the 12.30 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio.